Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you? All right, welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So I guess I'm going to be following in the footsteps of a real um, fighter like Laura, being one of the most banned women, (laughs) which is pretty interesting. That was so bizarre, but expected. I expected every single bit of it, and I was, and I had confidence. I had faith in humanity that people uh, can actually see. And that's what it is. Uh, They attack uh, people uh, that instead of content uh, when they have nothing to say. And we're seeing a lot of developments from even our president. So I thought uh, that we'd start today's show with, um, well, let's put it this way. When the first indictment was supposed to happen, it was supposed to be something globally talked about. Obviously, you can see that now because it came with an awakening where people can now see things for what they are. They can call a spade a spade, and this is it. It wasn't supposed to be some Comey or Brent. Brennan's toast. He's toast. You guys saw just that. He's toast. It's been the most banned video on the planet. They're backtracking, trying to find it everywhere to remove it because that demonstrated exactly how they've been doing things globally. So this is why people in Australia, people in Poland, people in Russia, people in India, people in Pakistan have been analyzing it, translating it because they see it. And we were here. Well, we were on air, but obviously true color show. Uh, We were on air where I said, you know, Hey, you know, with what's coming, you're going to see people, you're going to see Snowden creep into the, into the picture again. And, you know, like I said, he did. I even said it the week before the, when the trailer came out, I told you Snowden's going to be creeping back in because this is called mitigation. And so I thought the best way for you guys to see just how important that video was, was to unpack what the president said the day after, because on that day, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened, even for me. Uh, you know, when I was, uh, when I had filed, see, cause nobody talks about this, right. Especially when they're trashing it, when I had filed and you know, the attorney general has it. So does the white house. So does everybody. Well, I sent it to sessions. I had to file the whole report on how, uh, human trafficking is being done through the state department via these, uh, work, um, uh, work and travel groups. It was called United Work and Travel uh, American Pool Enterprises Dig. I had filed a whole suit in there. I had sent that off to the Department of Justice. Let me tell you something. When I sent that to Sessions, he appeared. Um, uh, he appeared in the state of North Dakota just a, uh, about two weeks after that. He came. Boom. I had everything plan to the, I knew exactly what was coming and the attorney general stuff. They're telling you, look at it. If you actually get the transcripts, the judge asks him, why are we here? If you're alleging all these crimes, you say that she's done this and that, why are we in civil court? Why aren't we in Oh, we don't want any criminal. Yeah, they didn't. All they wanted to do was create a narrative by dumping little bits of manufactured and real documents. So much so that they even violated HIPAA exposing that I had cancer. They violated my HIPAA. 
So when I say that I've been around the block and I'm seasoned, <laughs> I've been around the block. And so all these people claiming all this stuff, yet I have no criminal record and all I have is someone trying to maim me. So no matter what anybody says, I really don't care. I know who I am and people are awake enough to be able to understand because people tell you exactly who they are if you listen long enough. They tell you who they are. So I thought I'd say that because there's so much out there. You know, they're using websites that are private. Can't even spell my name right. Oh, this is yours. Uh, no, it's not. They have pooled sites where someone sent me, this is impressive. And I'm like, well, that's only 30% accurate. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, this is how they operate. And that's fine because people know who I am. And this is where you see where everybody stands. And I told you, they will tell you who they are. They will show you who they are. And they have just showed you who they are. You can see them across the board. You know, I'll tell you what I saw is that they were trying to grab the producers of that film, nab their kids and put them in a box, just like they did to Manafort, just like to, they did to Stone. This is why I said the concern for me, for their safety, was not them in jail so much. It was the children. And this is why, you know, the prosecutor backtracked, was like, no, you know, it was no big deal. The judge was like, don't politicize the event, but your hearing's on November 3rd. Okay, so on election day, they're going back to court. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? So these are these are things that you just can't make this stuff up. You can't. You, you just can't make it up. And so, you know, they can try to silence, but I've been talking to all of you through various platforms for years. So, you know, Andy Breitbart had told me, hey, one day when you decide to actually come out of the shadows, you know, they're going to push you out of the shadows. You're not going to decide it. And that's true. I came out of the shadows when I actually had them come at me. And I'll tell you what, I came, I, they came at me because I tried to protect the president of the United States because there was something that I had organized and they said, give me this, give me that. And I was like, why? Who are you? What kind of authority are you again? And they said, know your place. And we all know I hate that phrase. And that's when I was like, what? So... They said, give us all this. I said, I'm not giving you anything. Show me a complaint. You have a charity. I don't. They're the only ones saying it. There's no such thing. No one said that. You said that. I did not say that. You did. I did not. And so this is them claiming whatever they want. And I'm supposed to show. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to cancel the whole event. And I'm going to just cancel it and tell the president, sorry. You know, that's it. And guess what happened? You better not, you know, cancel it. You better not. And I was like, watch me. I'd rather eat the biggest damn piece of humble pie than put that man at risk because I had no idea where this was coming from. And that is it. And I don't care what anybody says. They could say whatever they want. And people are dumb too. Some people are really dumb. All of this and she has no criminal record and why didn't they go to criminal court? Because there's no crimes. This is, this is how they work. They slander. They put together. This is how it works. So that's okay. It's all cool beans. Because in the end, no matter how much mud you throw at a light, you know, it's going to slide off because truth is hot and it shines no matter what. And the right people can see it. That's the way it goes. So trolls, yeah, they came out in full force. Guess what? They should have been trying to debunk the film, right? Can they debunk a film? No. So what do they do? They scrub it. They can't debunk a film. 
So they go after everybody else. They can't debunk a film. You see, that's the thing. You can't debunk it. So what do you do? And most of these are farm bots, right? And a lot of people think that bots are just like responsive. Man, they're intelligent. This is Alice in full effect. You have no idea the technology we have. So this is why when, you know, ABC puts out uh, a, a news report and then you see all these hate comments about our country, about the president, you know, I'm going to tell you something. 99% of those aren't even real people. They're personas. They're fake. What they do is say there's a real dildo waiver saying, oh, my God, I totally hate the president. And they're typing. The program takes their tweet and changes the wording to sound the same. And then it spits it out. That's how it copies you. That's all. It copies you. And I've said it from day one on air. Everybody has a price. Hmm. And we can all see where they're sitting. And everybody pulls their own pants down. Everybody. So let's see what the president had to say in respects to this amazing film. Let me get that up for you guys. Because that was pretty cray-cray, right? Damn, that was a... See, we could only hold it on YouTube and out for so long. Because when it went global and there were complaints, boom, right? Here we go. Take a listen to this. We'll take a few questions. Steve, please. Thank you. The, the U.S. effort to extend the Iran arms embargo at the U.N. Security Council yeah. fell apart yesterday. When will you trigger a snapback of sanctions on Iran? Well, we knew what the vote was going to be, but we'll be doing a snapback. You'll be watching it next week. Yeah, you'll be watching it next week. President Putin wants to hold a video summit on yeah, this subject. He is a, are you wanting to do that? Uh, probably not. No, I think we want to wait till after the election. Look, Iran wants me to lose so badly because if they do, you know, Iran is a whole different ball game right now. Uh, they haven't been sponsoring terror because they don't have very much mon money to sponsor terror. And they know we just captured four Iranian ships, as you know, and we brought them into Houston. They were going to Venezuela. They're not supposed to be doing that. Iran would love to have me uh, defeated. If if I win, which I hope to win, how can you not? When you see numbers like this, both on the virus and on the economy, I mean, we should win. We should all be uh, keep this incredible thing going. And I built it once and I'll build it again. I've already, uh, the, I think the hardest part is done in terms of the economy. And that's with or without additional funds from Nancy Pelosi, they should have put the things in, uh, whether you call it the CARE Act or phase one, phase two, phase three, but they didn't do that. You know, they put it at the end, uh, things that they're asking for that have nothing to do with Corona, uh, that have everything to do with uh, radical left politics. received letters from your postal service saying, that those ballots for November 3rd might not make it in time. As well, president, sure. isn't it your responsibility, since this is your postal service, to meet this critical need? Well, we have a man in there for two months. He's a very talented man. He's a brilliant business person. He's done great. He's a very nice man also. And he, uh, Lewis, he is uh, working very hard. But as you know, the Democrats aren't approving the proper funding for postal. And they're not approving the proper funding for this ridiculous thing that they want to do, which is all mail-in voting, if universal, you could call it mail-in voting. Again, absentee voting is great. You request, I'm an absentee voter because I requested, I got, and then I sent in my vote. So that works out very well. That's what we've had. 
but now they want to send in millions and millions of ballots. And you see what's happening. They're being lost. They're being discarded. They're finding them in piles. It's going to be a catastrophe. So, and this is beyond the post office. But Louis DeJoy is, is working very hard. The post office has for decades lost billions and billions of dollars. I read numbers today that are unthinkable. And what they want to do now is hit the post office with millions of ballots from certain states. And if you look at what happened in New York and Virginia and various other places, it's a catastrophe. They're losing 20% of the votes. Nobody knows what's happened. So uh, we're going to see what happens. But I, I do say this, universal mail-in voting is going to be catastrophic. It's going to make our country a laughing stock all over the world. You can't send out millions of ballots and look at all of the tests. Look, you've seen them. Then there are many, far more. Just look at New York, look at New Jersey, look at the catastrophe in New Jersey. And New Jersey had more than just Patterson. Look at what's going on in Virginia. Look at what's happening with this mail-in voting. It's a disgrace. Absentee is good. Mail-in universal is very, very bad. There's no way they're going to get it accurately. They're off by 20 and 30%. And this is beyond post office. Now, with that being said, they want money for the universal mail-in uh, ballots. And they're not getting it. You know why? Because of them. We want money to go to people. They want money in order to bail out states that have done very poorly. The states that have done poorly, you know them as well as I do. These are run by Democrats, usually radical left Democrats. You take a look at what's happening in Portland. And we'll go into Portland, we have to be asked. We'll go into Portland, straighten it out in one hour, like happened in Minneapolis. We'll go straighten it out in one hour. We will straighten it out so fast, but they have to ask us. So they need money, but they're not willing to approve the money that they need. If they can't get the money that they need for universal mail-in voting, I don't see how they can have it. And that's not only post office, it's also for the voting itself. Keep in mind that the post office union just um, endorsed the Democratic you know, nominees. So that tells you everything you need. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're so blatant. I mean, I saw a picture and I couldn't, e I didn't even have the bandwidth cause I was so busy, uh, in mitigation, uh, that, uh, there was a, there was a meme with all these people, uh, with, uh, Pelosi, you remember when they were kneeling like idiots, and they put the post office, you know, earmuff hat thing in the post box, kneeling to it. I was just like, whoever made that meme is a God. That was the best thing. You know, I always self-proclaim myself meme queen on Instagram since like I had Instagram since I started. Memes are the way to go because they're concise and they take humor and then they push forward. It is so good. But I want you guys to see how all this time for the past three years on the air, and I'll maintain, uh, you'll still be able to find all my stuff as long as you can. But <laughs> I know how to, um, I know how to, uh, how you say it? Camouflage. Uh, so, and we'll analyze more on the camouflage, but I will, if you listen to those, you will see that I've been telling you all of this for three years.
Everything you're seeing unfold today was in preparation of, of uh, you know, everything that you see today. I've been preparing my listeners and my base per se, and everybody else's. Like I listen to some radio show hosts, uh, commenters on YouTube that are so on the money. And it's like, we always have to give props. This is why I always encourage cross-talking platforms because it's all about uniting under one message. So for now, I just wanted to say, because I'm getting a lot of messages I know you can see where people sit. You see where the chips fall, right? So it's not about division right now. What's a, what it is about is unity. And what we have to be is unified to ensure that this man becomes our president again for a second term. Well, I say eight more years, but second term for now, that's the goal. That's where we need to focus on. So this press conference told you a lot if you heard it. I don't know if you did. I saw it in the car while we were driving back and forth between courthouses uh, yesterday. Um, I actually saw it a little bit on Saturday uh, because I was so busy. I, I have never been as busy. I, I mean, I didn't even have time to eat, which is not bad. I need to lose some weight. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was like, it was, this is perfect because he tells you exactly what he knows and he tells you exactly what this film portrayed okay so here's where it starts to get real interesting does postmaster DeJoy have your backing for the actions that he's taken in the last several yeah he's a fantastic man he wants to he wants to make the post office great again you ever hear the expression he wants to make the post office great again the post office is a catastrophe machines nationwide that's one of the I don't know I don't know what he's doing I can only tell you he's a very smart man he'll be a great postmaster general and he needs obviously if you're going to do these millions of ballots out of nowhere he's going to obviously need funding but the Democrats aren't willing to provide other things and therefore they're not going to get the funding for that but you, you are going to have a catastrophic situation with universal mail-in votes and on top of it, the Democrats aren't willing to give the people the money and the post office the money. Mr. President, you said a catastrophic situation is going to happen, but what are you doing to ensure that that doesn't happen? Because wouldn't these problems raise questions about the election results if you win? Well, the problem with the mail-in voting, number one, you're never going to know when the election's over, okay? I mean, they called the election in New York for Carolyn Maloney. They shouldn't have done that. I think you should redo that election. And you know the opponent is screaming. They can't believe it. Ballots are lost. Ballots are defrauded. It's a total mess. And they called it for her. The reason is because I've been using it as a case. I've been using it as a case. So, look, we are going to have an election that takes place on a beautiful day, November 3rd. And usually at the end of the evening, they say, Donald Trump has won the election. Donald Trump is your new president. Whatever they say. You know what? You're not going to know this possibly if you really did it right for months or for years because these ballots are all going to be lost. They're going to be gone. And just take a look at a smaller basis, but it's great tests. We're doing tests. I mean, these are, you could call them polls. You could call them tests. Look at what's happening all over the country where you have universal mail-in. Wait a minute. The ballots are lost. There's fraud. 
there's theft. It's, it's happening all over the place. Now, we're going to do it with this whole vast big section of the country. It's crazy. Is your postmaster general using the agency of the Postal Service to create delays? No, not at all. He would love to see it happen. I, I didn't speak to him about it, but I will tell you this. I would imagine he would say, number one, they didn't give me the funding for it because it's sitting in Congress because they they want a trillion dollars to bail out states, just so you understand what they want. They want a trillion dollars to bail out badly run Democrat run states. OK, that's what they want. They're not giving the money to the post office. They have to give the money to the post office. The steps the Postmaster General is taking are creating some delays now. No, the he's steps he's creating, yeah. yeah. Are you trying to No, not at all. The steps that he's taking are trying to stop the tremendous losses that have taken place for many, many years. He's trying to streamline the post office and make it great again, okay? Days before an election, sir? Well, wait a minute. You just threw, look, I just read last night that now New Jersey is going to try the universal mail-in voting. Well, they didn't know this. So now all of a sudden New Jersey is going to be hit with millions of ballots to be sent out. They didn't know anything about this. So how does a post office, how does a postal service that doesn't know about it, now all of a sudden New Jersey is supposed to take out and millions of ballots are going to be sent all over New Jersey? And if you look at some of the things they say, like in – Take the state of Nevada. Take that little scam that's going on over there with the clubhouse politician governor. Take that, where the votes don't even have to be in till seven, they get counted seven days after November 3rd. That means if Nevada is a very important state, I think we have a great chance of winning that state. If the votes don't have to be in for seven and then are counting the votes seven days later, that means how are they going to predict a winner on November 3rd? No, absentee is okay. But the Democrats are not, they are not approving the resources. You're right. There has to be more resources. I agree. Because all of a sudden the post office is tripling up and set. The problem is, the Democrats are not approving the funds necessary. It's in there. Now, they have $25 billion. I've seen $15 billion. I've seen a lot of money. I don't know how you're going to spend that much, but that's what they're saying. They're saying, so not only do they want a trillion dollars to hand out as welfare to all these states that are run by Democrats doing badly, they want $25 billion for the post office, but they're not approving it. Now, what I want is a lot of money, thousands of dollars to go to people because they need money. They really, despite the good numbers, despite numbers like that, they need money to live. And I want that to happen. The Democrats don't care about that. They just want to give bailout money to their friends running big states poorly. So we talked about this March and April and May, how this was going to be a money grab. Uh, the same thing that we saw happening with the implosion, right, in Lebanon. I said this is a money grab. Remember, we did that where I, where I showed you that the foreign minister had resigned the day before, how the IMF wasn't giving them money. So they always use tragedies for money grabs because it's an emergency, so you have to help, right? And this is all coming out. They just want money in order to fund the things they need to steal the elections because here's the thing. 
they can't do it with the uh, with the electronic, uh, you know, voting because I exposed that. I actually brought attention to it in 2016. No matter what anybody says, I did. And then, you know, obviously they tried to create a narrative there that kind of fizzled and failed. And then again in 2019, we blew that thing wide open, showing you that during the Kentucky elections, they were counting the votes outside of the United States and then shipping them back in. This is why we had all of this. So now the Democrats know that if you go to vote in person, first of all, if you're not an American citizen, you're not voting, number one. Number two, they can't fix the elections through their normal avenues because we've got everything. Even though the news hasn't reported it, tag Romney, Mitt Romney's son that has, you know, interest and has invested in these election machines. Remember, we talked about that a long time ago, uh, even though that, you know, didn't, uh, you know, occur. Right. On the news, I'm telling you, we got full control of it because I even went into the math of how they put them in a trap door. And this is typical cryptography. Typical, it's so easy. And how they shuffled the votes and how they were cheating. So, guess what? They, yeah, like the magic wheel, but in this case, they knew what outcome they want for the election. So, they would shuffle the votes. And we saw that with Hillary Clinton. I mean, no one sees that there were millions and millions and millions more people that came out to vote, which was pretty weird, right? In the first place, there was fractional voting. And, but the thing is, because so many people came out to vote, they could not account for that. See, you program something, it's a program. It can only go to a capacity. Kind of like when people are like, oh my gosh, everyone's accessing you know, website and it crashes. Not what happened to me. Mine was deleted, but I will be bringing it back up soon once I get the backups. Uh, so you have to understand how this goes, right? How it moves and how everything is happening. They're focusing on the post office because they can fix that. You remember it was Laura Loomer, who everybody hates, that found ballot boxes sitting on the back of Avis rental cars in Florida. We saw it, how they've been filling out forms for people. You know, how do you know that your ballot that went in there with your signature on the outside so they can replicate it, right? Because people can sign for you too. It's an art. And, oh, people can analyze. They can't analyze anything because it's not even going to be done by hand, okay? It's going to be done by artificial intelligence, kind of like how your phone can take a picture of something and it can be grainy and artificial intelligence will fill in the blanks. That's the thing. People need to be very aware of the technology we have. And, I mean, you saw Hunter Biden during the DNC, right? That was him. You know it's not Joe. That's why we keep saying, where's Hunter? We have that technology. And obviously we have that makeup, right? So this is what it's down to. This is their last hoorah. <laughs> we need to get the post office. It's not going to happen. And so now New Zealand came up with a new thing. Let's postpone the election. Let's postpone it. We need some more time to like cause trouble. We need more time to come up with a plan. Dude, you're done. You're finished. It's over. They lost. And they're just battling right now, hoping that they can 
grab some string to hold on to and it's just like not there you're done i mean even shadowgate just put it all out there there's nowhere you can hide right now you can stand behind any wall you can stand no we have space force man they see everything i mean like i said when when they were arrested on friday the whole the ohio just they couldn't even be processed because the systems were all down space force just saying so let's see what else the president has to tell us. The president's Do you want to give Edward Snowden a pardon and bring him back? You, you once suggested that well, he was I'm crazy. Okay, so here we go again with Edward Snowden, right? Are you going to give him a pardon, right? Are you going to give him a pardon? Let me tell you something about Edward Snowden. So the reason we're in this hot mess of everybody's data being pushed overseas and in China's hand is Edward Snowden. Now, Edward Snowden did what he did, but his whistleblowing gave the excuse for the government to make even more programs to spy on people, number one. Number two, his whistleblowing gave him the excuse to run out of the country, and he did not go to Russia. He was in freaking China. Actually, he went to Hong Kong first and then China, right? So he gave the Chinese everything. He helped program everything. And then he went to Russia trying to ensnare that. That didn't work out too good. So listen to how the president responds to this. Look at it. I, I mean, I'm not that aware of the Snowden situation, but I'm going to start looking at it. There are many, many people. It seems to be a split decision. There many people think that uh, he should be somehow treated differently. And other people think he did very bad things. And I'm going to take a very good look at it. Okay. I mean, I, I've, I've seen people that are, very conservative and very liberal, and they agree on the same issue. They agree both ways. Uh, I'm going to take a look at that very strongly, Edward Snowden. Yeah, please. Um, uh, do you agree with Dr. Robert Redfield, who um, earlier this week said if America doesn't follow public health guidelines, we could be in store for one of the worst falls we've ever faced from a public health perspective? No, I mean, you can't compare it to uh, 1917. That was incredible. That was... Uh, and see, is it just me and the president that say it happened in 1917 while everyone keeps saying it happens in 1919? We've talked about this before. This was all a repeat, rinse and repeat from 100 years ago to the day. That was the worst ever by far. That was, you look at, the, they lost possibly 100 million people. No, I don't agree with that. But if you look at these numbers, they're coming down very substantially. And I do believe that Americans, many are wearing masks, which is a good thing. Uh, again, some people thought that you shouldn't wear masks. You know, when this whole thing started, Dr. Fauci, who I like and respect, said don't wear masks, okay? And so did Dr. Redfield. And then all of a sudden, it was like everybody should wear masks. And that's okay. People can change their mind. But uh, wash your hands, good hygiene, all of those things. I think people are really doing it to a level that they've never done before. And when you look, and when you look, at, when you look at the numbers, the way the numbers are coming out, I mean... It's very impressive when you see what's happening. By the way, Florida doing well. You see that? And hospitalizations and, all, you know, normally you would have had to build more hot like we did for the first surge. We've done it right. We closed it up. We had the greatest economy in history. We closed it up. We understand the disease now. Nobody knew. Nobody knew what was hitting us, right? Nobody knew that old people would be very, very susceptible, especially if they have heart and diabetes problems and other problems that old people would be very susceptible and young people would be extremely good with it. If you look at the percentages, there are a tiny percentage that have 
problems, especially the big problem. So, no, I, I think that we're doing very well. We're on our way. And we're also opening up our economy. And our economy is going to set records. And if uh, stupid people aren't elected next year, we're going to have one of the greatest years that we've ever had. Jennifer, go ahead, please. Thank you, Mr. President. You've already taken action on um, TikTok and WeChat. Yeah. Which other Chinese tech companies are you looking at banning from operating in the United States? Well, the big thing is Huawei, right? Huawei is not here. And Huawei I'm not allowing. And I've told European countries and others, Australia has been fantastic as an example, but Huawei is not coming here. And... Uh, we told certain countries that we're thinking about Huawei. That's okay. You can use them, but we're not going to be sharing intelligence. And they've all backed away. You look at the UK. It looked like they were going that way. And now they've backed out. Scotland Yard. So are you listening to this? Huawei. So what is it with Huawei? So Huawei carries software, and the president has told you this in the past, that uh, um, it has software where it copies everything you do, no matter what you use, right? And it's Huawei. Now, someone said, didn't he like realize that they were going to kill him and he ran? Exactly. He realized, Snowden realized after what he did that he was expendable. So he is not a patriot. He whistle blew some of it to say, now you have to use me for everything else or else, you know, all of this is out and I'm causing trouble. So it was a two prong. They use every, what do they call it? Every crisis um, is an opportunity. Don't the Democrats say that? That's exactly what it was. So what people need to understand is that um, Snowden helped create this Huawei thing. Are you understanding it now? The president has told you about it. He's going after China. TikTok was not about a clock. TikTok was about 10 cent. 10 cent invested a hundred billion dollars into clear force. Hello. That's how they roll. President Trump knows everything. How do you know? How do you think we knew that they were chatting on video games? Duh. General Jones owns Call of Duty. That's what's up. This is so blatant now that you have all the tools, you can see it. That's the thing. You can see everything. There's nothing you can't see. There is nothing. And revisit the video. Watch it again. There is so much in there that when you watch it another time, just pause, take it in. It tells you way more than anything you can imagine. So uh, it's really important that we um, pay attention to that, okay, that we pay attention. The president is telling you everything. You need to know. And the media is mitigating. I mean, we got the media to ask him about Q. Edward Snowden. Oh, man. Wait, let's let's finish this. Listen to it. There are uh, most. Well, yeah, they're, they're, we're looking at other things. Yes. Yeah, we're looking at other things because they're like any other companies. Yeah, like Clearforce. Yeah, like Dynology. Yeah, like Eyesight, like all of them. Yes, because they're all linked to China. Yes, we are. We are. Mr. President, you say that you want the mail to be processed as quickly as it can, but why is your postal service dismantling these mail sorting machines across the country at the time? Well, you'll have to ask him. I know this. He's a very efficient operator, a very good operator, but again, he needs money to operate if you're going to hit him with millions of ballots. And if you ask him, he will tell you, and he'll tell you very nicely, uh, you have the money. It's sitting there. It's ready to go. The Democrats don't want to approve it. But I want money for other things, too. I want money to go to people so they can live very nicely because China caused the problem. They didn't. Mr. 
Okay, so wait. Again, they're trying to entrap him in this birther thing. Remember, who saw Obama's passport? I did. So they're trying to... Passports. I need an S. We can add Pakistan into that. But um, they're trying to entrap him into another birther thing, you know? Because he was like, Obama, you know, Cheryl Atkinson is coming back into the picture. Remember who signed the shut up thing? It was John Roberts. I'm just saying. So listen to it carefully. Can she, like, is she eligible to listen to the trap? So I have nothing to do with that. I read something about it. And I will say that he is a brilliant lawyer that I guess he wrote an article about it. So I know nothing about it, but it's not something that bothers me. But sir, when you do that, it creates... Why do you say that? I just don't know about it, but it's not something that we will be pursuing. Let me put it differently. Let me be, let me put it differently. Don't tell me what I know. Let me put it differently. Let me put it differently. That's what's up. To me, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't know about it. I read one quick article. The lawyer happens to be a brilliant lawyer, as you probably know. He wrote an article saying there could be a problem. It's not something that I'm going to be pursuing. Is she eligible, sir? I, I just told you. I have not gone into it in great detail. If she's Can you see how they're trying to trap him? Tell us what you think. He's like, stop. Why are you saying what I know? It's like, what are you in my head? Do you know what I know? Why are you telling me what I know? Look, can you see this presser, just how much of it is in there? Because they know who saw passports and what they're worried about is, damn, what if Tory was to testify? What if that second drive is still located on federal property and we just don't know where it is? Mind you, I guarantee you they're looking for it right now. So that's the question everybody should have on their mind. Why the birther thing? Why did it come up? Because they've been listening to Tory says, too they know exactly who and what i've been saying <laughs> so this is where you're seeing all of them edward snowden the mitigation you're seeing the birther again they tried to trap him before here they are again what do you know he just said i'm not a legal expert i don't have an opinion i'm just saying that this really really good lawyer kind of said this She's got a problem. You would have thought that she would have been vetted. You would have thought that she would have been vetted by Sleepy Joe. Yeah, go ahead. Sir, I just want to ask you, after three weeks of absolutely no deal, you have been ragging on Democrats constantly. Why not come to the table personally and sit with them? I mean, I know that Speaker Pelosi and Minority Leader Schumer were in the Oval Office in December 2018. That did not go so well. Everybody in the world saw that. Why not invite them? If they don't want to come, that's on them. So I think we've done very well. We've had uh, three phases. We're into phase four. We've gotten everything we wanted. And we've also gotten a great economy. All you have to do is take a look at these charts. Our economy is doing good. But we want different things than them. I want money for the people. They want money to bail out Democrat governors and Democrat mayors. Listen to me. Listen to me. My people are doing very good. And my people call me. They're in the office. They call me. They call me when it's right. Nobody knows the deal better than I do. When it's right, I'll meet. But right now, it's not right. They want a trillion dollars to bail out badly run states. State, they're Democrat, they're all, I mean, they're Democrat states. Will something happen? Possibly. But I want to tell you, the country is doing very well right now. We can live very happily with it, without it. 
but I'd like to do it because I want to give money to the people. I want to put money into the people's hands. They want to put money into politicians' hands so that the politicians don't look stupid. Okay. I've had some differences with your defense secretary, Mark Esper. Do you have confidence in his leadership there? Mark Esper? Did you? Did you hear that? I'm just going to replay that just for a second there. Let's just go back about the defense secretary. Where is he? Okay. He's at the Department of Defense. Okay. And we're talking generals. Okay. Let's do this. They want to put money let's into politicians' hands so that, that the politicians listen don't look stupid. Carefully. Okay. <laughs> See, Liz? have had some differences with your defense secretary, Mark Esper. Do you have confidence in his leadership there? Mark Esper? Did you call him Jesper? Oh, okay. Some people call him Jesper. No, I get along with him. I get along with him fine. He's fine. Yeah, no problem. I consider firing everybody. Huh? He didn't say it in a nice way. Look at his face. He's not very happy. He's like, nah, man. And you know what's funny? I tweeted out that the Joint Chiefs of Staff were the ones that penned the anonymous op-ed in New York Times. I knew that. I know a lot of people say it's Mattis, but Mattis was covering for them, just so you know. So when you have your joint chief of staff that's surrounding the president, penning the New York Times op-ed, that's a freaking big deal. That is a very big deal. And no one even looked into it. No one even looked into it. It was the joint chiefs of staff that Penn, that are, did, did you see how they try to make it look like Penn's was in it and, and everybody else and this and that? It was them. Generals love games. They love war games. But the thing about the generals is, is that they have strategists like private contractors that help them do these war games. So the bottom line is all this is out there and no one's touching it. No one's talking about the roadmap. No one's talking about, I've just told the whole world who penned that anonymous op-ed and nobody touched that. Nobody. Mm. That should tell you everything you need to know. Look at his face. He's really not happy. I consider firing everybody. Listen to the next sentence. At some point, at some point, that's what happens. Jennifer, do you have something, Jennifer? You're working so hard. Do you think that there will be anyone else who leaves your cabinet after the election, sir? So that's what's up. That's what's up. He asked her because it was a posed question. Are you listening? If we have uh, the success, I think we have a, a silent majority, the likes of which has never been seen before. I think you read about it where 62% of the people say they're not even telling the truth on polling and where the polling is fake, you know, where they do registered voters and where they do many more Democrats than they do Republicans. Same as happened last time. But this year, I think we have much more enthusiasm. Maybe those people back there would understand it better than anybody. But I think there's more enthusiasm for 2020 than there was even for 2016. And 2016 was a record. You found that out. And I believe there's much more enthusiasm now than there was even in 2016. We have a silent majority, the likes of which nobody has seen. I just looked, there are thousands of boats in lakes, rivers, and oceans, thousands and thousands of boats. It's called Boaters for Trump, Boaters for Trump Pence. There's signs all over. Some of the boats have 10 flags on them. They're incredible. There are thousands. We did nothing 
to do this. This, this is just generic. It just happened. Let me just tell you, I think the level of enthusiasm for what we're doing, we want law and order. We want low taxes. They want to raise your taxes. They want to get rid of, they want to have open borders and they want to defund the police. How do you win on that? They want to go to Texas and they want to go to Pennsylvania and they want to stop fracking and Ohio. They want to stop fracking. They're against steel. They're against, against anything with petroleum, the word petroleum in it. You won't have a country. These people are crazy. <laughs> Say, go ahead. As far as your cabinet goes, do you think you'll see more turnover in your cabinet? Well, I don't know. I think for next year, I mean, generally speaking, a lot of times I understand when, if we win, uh, president will ask for the resignation of everybody and then bring back the people he wants. That's happened before, Steve. And I could see something like that happening. I think that makes sense. No, I have a very good cabinet. I mean, with few exceptions, I wouldn't say I'm thrilled with everybody, frankly. But uh, I have, overall, I think we have a very good cabinet. I think this, I will say this, no administration, none, no administration, first three and a Here half we years, go. has done anywhere near what we've done. 300, we will have at the end of the first term, 300, maybe more, federal judges, including Court of Appeals, two Supreme Court justices. Nobody has done this. If Take a look at, take a look at what we've done. Uh, the biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history, rebuilt our military, uh, took care of our vets. We have a 91% approval rating from the vets. Nobody's ever had a 91% approval rating before. We, I guarded the Second Amendment. They want to destroy the Second Amendment. Take a look at Kamala. They want to destroy the Second Amendment. And as you know, Joe is, has no control over anybody. He has no control over himself. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow, right? Wow, right? Didn't he just tell you everything you need to know just like that? Just like that. That was pretty insane, I have to admit, right? Super insane. So since we're not on air, I know that I can... Um, I don't have to, but you know, you know, I want to, right? You guys know that I love to play my ads uh, for those that I support. And today we're going to have uh, a win for Laura Loomer because she's definitely winning. So let's play my ads. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again winning like never before i will fight for you with every breath in my body and i will never ever let you down do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done no challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of america we will not fail our country will thrive and prosper again your voice your hopes and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right, guys. Okay, so we're back. So let's let's just look at the news and see what we're missing. So I had talked to you guys about Kamala Harris and Jesse Smollett, and I have told you guys many, many times that they were involved in a um, in a group called Times Up. Now you guys have to look at that Times Up because it deals with children. And there was an active FBI, uh, well, it was ICE and FBI investigation into uh, Jussie Smollett about that. So that was super curious, right? That that's happening. That, you know, first of all, he got away with thumping the whole, uh, what was it? The lynching bill. Remember Kamala Harris jumped on board when he pretended to have a noose around his neck and bleach thrown at him where he had hired these two Nigerians and whatnot. Right. And he had even sent himself like a serial killer type letter, you know, Oh my God, you're black. This, nah, nah, nah. Right? Remember the cry baby. And then we had crying vagina, Don Lamont sit there and thump him. And it's like, Oh my gosh, this is like, so nah, nah, nah. and you know, obviously CNN was totally behind the push because you need that PR push. Right. So, um, for people to understand, Kamala, I posted that picture a lot of Kamala Harris with uh, Tina Chen, uh, which was uh, the chief of staff for uh, Michael Obama, Big Mike, right? Who obviously needed more digital cover up. Like we could see the five o'clock shadow. Like that's what's up. And so, and it wasn't really. It was. It was. It was different. We know that. We understand. Who? Never mind. Let's just leave that. That's for another time. So now we have Justice Malay coming back into the picture where there was a special counsel put together. So let's take a listen to that report by Fox News, which the president had told you they're fake, too. I mean, now you know it for a fact, but told you about it. And that doesn't mean that all of them are fake news. Right. Because we still have people like Tucker still being the voice because uh, the best psyop is to be like, oh, look, we're kind of milling on the road. We're over here. We're not siding with anyone. But you can see right? You can see where they sit. Oh, and for the record, someone asked me, 
you do know that Red State Talk Radio never paid me. Okay, never. I never took any money for Red State Talk Radio, just so you know. So I was never paid. It was always on my time. Uh, and I never sold advertisements. I play my own ads that I want. Um, so just so you know. So the the fact that it, it's off Red State means that I'm not on terrestrial radio anymore. And that was a decision. Um, I, well, just leave it. Who cares? I mean, the only thing you could do is pray for people that, you know, don't have the ability to stand for something because then they fall for everything. And and we're seeing people fall for everything. We're standing for something. And that's reality. But like I said, <laughs> I'm protected. I am. I believe it. Like, look, bottom line is, what are they going to say? That I committed crimes listening to Pelosi and everything? All right. So show the server. I mean, they're there. They would have to admit that I have it there. So they can't do anything. Because I could sit here and tell you all their conversations. Not yet, though. It's going to be coming. Uh, but I've said a lot of them anyway. <laughs> Just saying. I've mentioned a lot of them anyway. And I was always right. Always right. And it's like, oh, time travel. But I also had access to their emails and texts. So I know who gets paid, who doesn't get paid. But again, not about the vision. Yet I know you guys want to hear what happened at the Munich conference in 2019. The conversations that Yovanovitch had with Joe Biden, his team, how they were discussing him going into the elections, how they needed him so he can be a roadblock to Ukraine. I mean, but I already told you that without telling you that I was listening to the conversations. We already know that. So let's look at Jesse Smollett just to see how this stuff is really panning out. It's like, what? You mean that's back up? Well, let's get this. There we go. Coming into America's newsroom on the Jesse Smollett case. Remember, he was the TV star who claimed he was attacked because he was black and gay by MAGA hat wearing thugs. Well, police later said he paid friends of his to help fake the attack. The whole thing was ginned up. It was false. But the prosecutor, Kim Fox, dropped all the charges. Well, now a special prosecutor in Chicago ruled moments ago that Kim Fox, right, state's attorney, committed substantial abuses of discretion and operational failures in prosecuting and dismissing actor Jesse Smollett's case. It was a 12-page investigation. It did not find anything criminal here. So the question becomes, does this go back and can Jesse Smollett be re-prosecuted? Well, there is a separate case going on, but right now, Kim Fox has been called out for abusing her discretion. So only Kim Fox abused her discretion? Are you kidding? Well, Kim Fox had text messages with Kamala Harris and Tina Chen. And Avenatti's in this, too, because he's the lawyer that they contacted in California. <laughs> Just saying. So <laughs> it's such a hot mess. They are in so much trouble. It's ridiculous. They have nowhere to hide. They can't do anything about it. It's all out in the open. And that's what else. That's it. So, uh, you know, Jesse Smollett is going to bury a lot of people. And Kamala jumped in. Why? To cover the Jesse Smollett thing. Because Kamala Harris is involved. So you can't do anything while she's running. That's why Joe was running. Even though he was senile, unable to stand. I bet you he has a nurse and he wears diapers. Done. Like his wife was stroking his back, reassuring him, I'm right here, I'm right here. Wife, sister, whatever, he gets confused. So all of these things are coming into focus. That's the only reason 
Kamala ran. It's not because they wanted her. It's because she needs to roadblock the Obama mess in Chicago because it comes down to that child trafficking times up that the Obamas, Oprah, Kamala, all of them were part of. Remember when Obama left office and there, and then he went off to Richard Branson's Island and a bunch of hot dogs and pizza came out of Chicago, huh? Organizations, man, these people are organized. It's one of the biggest damn lucrative industries there are biggest. So in other news, I mean, we could talk about the post office, but I want to talk about that tomorrow. Okay. And I think maybe now, since I'm not on terrestrial, I can change the show to a more reasonable hour. Um, and I'll decide on that hour tomorrow, like two hour, you know, thing I'll decide on that because I don't know what I want to do. There's been a lot of media outlets, um, that are mainstream too, uh, that have, uh, approached me, you know, I never reached out to do radio. They reached out to me. I never reached out to anyone. They always reach out to me because they know where the news is coming from. And some of them maybe IIA is whatever. It's like, man, you can't wrap up something that's, you know, can't put a, what is it? Uh, what is it that you can't do? Darn it. There's a, there's a, uh, what's it called? A proverb. Uh, I'll remember it. But anyway, uh, I'll let you guys know this week. I'll keep it to 12 to 2 anyway, and I'll try to be uploading these on YouTube. Uh, I think I only got a community, my first community strike with Shadowgate, which, by the way, had over 1,300 million views. I mean, that's all, that's as long as we could hold it, you know, because then it came because apparently they were banning all the Shadowgate movies overseas in Europe and Asia and Africa. Uh, way before they came for mine, which came on the Sunday. So it was, um, or was it Saturday? Gosh, darn, I think it's Sunday. I don't remember, but it just poof went away. And so it was poof went away for hate speech. Of course, it's hate speech against the fourth unelected branch of government of every single government across the planet. And so we're going to talk about it because you're going to see what crimes were exposed. Obviously, there's trees and sedition, but there was a more general statute that you need to look at that tells you exactly that, you know, what was being said during that movie and what was demonstrated. And remember, most of that footage that's in there comes directly from the horse's mouth. These are things that came directly from mainstream media, directly from the FBI, directly from their own pages where they make videos and stuff. So none of that was, was it was taking their words and putting them properly so you can see them. So let's go on to um, the next um, little thing that's so bizarre is uh, the news that happened today that I was just like, wow, what's that? So it sounds really weird. And I thought that maybe, you know, I could play this uh, and you guys can comment and then maybe we can touch upon it. So here's a 30 second clip. Which is like, wow, this happened all after Shadowgate. Wow. Congress said that they're going out of session on Friday, but then after Shadowgate, we're like, we're coming back to the house. Wow. All of this is happening. Wow. So. This was one of the most unexpected, well, okay, different timeline, very low. I couldn't believe this. 
Fox News alert now. Roger Stone has told a D.C. court he wants to drop the appeal of his criminal conviction, saying his attorneys told him his chance of victory is slim. This coming after President Trump commuted Stone's sentence last month. The president yesterday teased he will pardon someone very, very important. As we just said, Fox News asked Stone about the possibility of pardon. He replied, quote, I have no reason whatsoever to believe that is going to happen. So hold on a second. Um, that was bizarre. No, like you have nothing to lose on the appeal. You have absolutely nothing to lose about the appeal. So what is the problem with appealing something that shouldn't be there? Hmm. So why wouldn't he win? Why, what would he lose? He's already had it commuted. They can't charge him for the same stuff. So why would he pull it? Because that case, right? That case would have destroyed clear force because they're the ones that select the jury for the DC circuit courts. So why would he pull out. This is like, this is saving General Jones's butt. So I'm curious and I'm not going to comment further on that because there must be, I haven't had the time to analyze it because I've been so busy with other things. Uh, but I'm just putting that out there and I'd love to see your comments, right? On what it is that um, could have warranted to pull an appeal. What? That was crazy, right? That was really crazy. So I, I'm just, I just don't know what to make of it. I trust Roger Stone on the fact that he was in the biggest freaking hot box you can imagine. I'm telling you that. They had put him in such a freaking corner. It was ridiculous. So if he was in that corner and didn't flip, and I know he, um, how do you say it? He, um, he kamikaze himself. Okay. I'm just going to say it like this. He kamikaze himself and stood true to the president. So my gut says that bottom line is right. Something else is here or maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know yet. I haven't, I haven't looked into that yet. Let's just put it that way. On another note, people are asking me, Patrick Berge is actually on his way to the Senate Intel Committee. Um, so there'll be developments on that front, I'm just saying. Uh, so <laughs> that'll be pretty interesting. But um, that was interesting. I thought I'd bring it up. Um, but like I said, bottom line, I trust Roger Stone because he didn't do anything wrong. And regardless if the film shows that firms that he worked with work directly, you have to understand that General Jones is everywhere. I mean, your kids, their information on video games is given to General Jones. Anything you say on certain phones and texts and apps and Facebook and Twitter and anything is on General Jones. Oh, I wanted to say one thing. Big shout out to Gab. Did you guys see that? So the most banned video on the planet, right? Because it's global that they've banned it. Gab is opening up a video stream channel, Gab TV. Shadowgate will be the, the first video they put up on Gab TV. Oh, that's what's up, 
right? Because see, people who stand by the truth understand just what a big deal that film is. It gave you every, there's, there's, there's two more films coming. There's like a FISA gate as well coming, but you have to understand people know exactly what this is. This is why they scrubbed it. This is why they're deleting it because, you know, I knew that this day would come and it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. It's it's super awesome and it all comes together. But anyway, we can uh, we can put that. We'll have you know we can have a watch party on Twitch. Let me know you guys on Twitch if you want to do watch party of the movie uh, together with analysis on Twitch. I'd be totally game to do that. You just tell me and we'll set up. We'll 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 hook that up even tonight with popcorn and we could go through it. That way, after one segment's done, I can pause it and you guys can say, all right, well, I got this from this, or I have a question about this, you know, in that segment. So if you guys want me to show you the things that you may have not seen, because every time you see it, you'll see more. You know, if you look at the Cambridge Analytica, look at the honeypot, the alleged honeypot. That's a big deal right there. But if you want to, we could do a watch party. That that would be like a movie party. That would be totally game. So all right. So let's move on with the news because we got we we've got news to go with, right? We've got tons actually. I wanted to bring up Klein Smith. So that is the most duddy thing ever. But it also shows that something's coming out of it. Now I know a lot of people are into like Durham and Huber, but you know. One thing that you've learned throughout the whole saga of this fake dossier that was created to cover up their real crimes, which was abusing the NSA, um, is that um, they use circular reporting. Things have to be out in the public to be brought to their attention and say, I don't know, maybe we should look at this, you know, and then they look at it. Right. Especially if it's widely reported, like, I don't know, millions and millions of views across the planet. And you've got people, you know, from the National Corruption Bureau being like, oh, my gosh, she just blew the whistle on all of us. Robert Storch's wife is leading how to train and, you know, journalists to spy on people. She told everybody, you know, this is where stuff starts to happen. So Klein Smith was just a taste because what he did was he omitted the fact that Carter Page was an asset of the CIA, <laughs> which tells you exactly where Carter Page sits and why his FISA warrant was the most publicized. Okay. I mean, plain English right there. So it's really important to listen to um, Gowdy on what he had to say uh, Gowdy, of all people, Gowdy, on what he had to say, because, you know, chips are being called in right now, and chips are, and you're seeing where everybody lies. Self-preservation, man. Like I've said, one of the most ugliest qualities I loathe in humanity, because that shows if you stand for something or if you fall for anything. Take a listen. Nancy Pelosi calling the House back to D.C. to address the, quote, postal service crisis while slamming President Trump. But as our next guest points out, the USPS troubles began long before the president, such as facing a $78 billion in losses since 2007, dating all the way to 2019. So here to weigh in, we got Fox News contributor, former House Oversight Committee chairman and author of a brand new book that comes out tomorrow. Doesn't hurt to ask Trey Gowdy. Trey, good morning to you. Hey, how are y'all? We're doing okay. Uh, you know, uh, let's ask you about the post office. For years, as more and more people use email and things like that, 
of the demand has been reduced. The president put in uh, a guy to try to streamline the post office. That's what he's been trying to do. And now the Democrats are going, wait a minute. Uh, he's trying to screw up our elections. Is that what's going on? Yeah, you know, the post office um, has been troubled financially for a long time. We actually had a reform bill that, shockingly, Jason Chaffetz authored and shepherded through the committee. It just never got a floor vote. Post offices always had problems, yeah. whether it's a business model, um, whether it's pre-funding retirement. Uh, they just like to blame Trump for for an entity that was financially strapped a decade ago. So uh, I don't know if you I'm sure you saw last Friday the Durham investigation and uh, the news that broke there. First guilty plea. And do you think the networks covered it? CNN, zero seconds. CNN tonight. Rachel Maddow shows zero seconds. NBC Nightly News, zero seconds. CBS Evening News, 22 seconds. And ABC World News tonight, 26 seconds. Why didn't they cover it? Yeah, Ansley, I'm going to save them some time. I'm going to write the headline for them. More FBI employees have been indicted than Trump family members. And the Russia probe, more FBI employees have been indicted than Trump family members. That's why they didn't cover it. You, you mean, Comey and the Democrats and the D.C. media belittled us for looking into FISA abuse. They belittled us. And lo and behold, Michael Horowitz finds two dozen instances of misconduct. And now we have an indictment. And a, and a supposed guilty plea. So that's why they didn't cover it. It doesn't fit their narrative. And Trey, just to outline what happened, uh, this FBI, uh, this FBI worker decides he gets an email from an inquiry. Uh, they wanted to find out if Carter Page had anything to do with the CIA, because that would pretty much stop the inquiry or the Pfizer application for Carter Page. If you are helping the CIA, you probably shouldn't be the subject of uh, surveillance, correct? Well, the problem is the CIA answered and they said, yeah, he is. So the other issue is this FBI guy changes that response. And that ends up going as part of a package to the FISA judge who said, OK, you could keep looking after him. He said, I still don't think I'm being dis was being deceptive, but uh, I regret this happened. What's he talking about? And do you sense as an investigator this he's talking about who told him to do that? I hope so. I mean, I, uh, Lindsey Graham is going to find out. I don't think anyone believes that Kleinsmith came up with this on his own. But, you know, Brian, you put your finger on it. You can't have it both ways. Is Carter Page a Russian asset or was he a U.S. asset? <laughs> and if you're a U.S. asset, don't you think you ought to tell the court that? Not only did they not tell the court, they intentionally misrepresented the truth to the court. That's one of two dozen instances Horowitz found of FBI misconduct. So if you like investigating police misconduct and God knows the Democrats have liked it for the last six months. If you want to talk about police misconduct, how about start with the FBI, yep. which is the one entity you actually have jurisdiction over? Sure. You know, Trey, here's why perhaps the other networks didn't have any coverage of it. And that is this occurred during the Obama administration. These were Obama administration officials. And when the president of the United States says he was the target of the biggest political dirty trick in history, is he right? Um, it, it, it's, it's one of them. Whenever you try, whenever you try to, first of all, stop you know, remember, Peter Strzok promised to stop it. And right. then they had an insurance policy in the unlikely event that he won. I mean, President Trump is right. There has been a cloud cast over his first term as president. And that cloud was manufactured by the Department of Justice and the FBI. 
So if you want a justice system that we can all have confidence in, and that's why people are setting cities on fire, then how about start with the FBI? Trey, we want to talk about your new book. It's called Doesn't Hurt to Ask, Using the Power of Questions to Communicate, Connect. Right, let's dump your book. You need money, dude. Connect and Persuade. It is out tomorrow. Books drop on Tuesday. Why'd you write this and what's it about? It's about persuasion, Ansley. I mean, I think people want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to move others perhaps closer to their way of thinking. So it is not a book about what I believe. It is a book to empower you on how to communicate effectively what you believe and in particular, how to use questions. You know, I was in a courtroom for two decades. I was mediocre in Congress, but I was okay in a courtroom. Um, and if you meet my wife, you'll know I'm pretty persuasive in other facets of life too. And that's how I got her. It's how to persuade and how to, how to move people closer to your way of thinking. And in particular, how to use questions to do that. You know, one thing, I, there's so much video of you doing this to your advantage in that you ask questions and six months later, they become a storyline. You know the answer, but rather than accuse, you have that person basically confess. Well, um, thank you. Um, that Very gracious of you, but y'all ask questions for a living too. And, and part of it is to elicit information, but part of it also is to move. I mean, you, you want to persuade, you want to effectively right. communicate your point. Yep. And Lots of people do it by saying, I think, I believe. Yep. I'm trying to teach you how to do it by asking questions. Uh, I, I read the book uh, over the weekend. It is terrific. Congratulations. And you talked at the beginning Thank about you. uh, your your job as a lawyer and how at peace you were when you were in front of a jury. But give the folks who are watching right now just a taste of what you're talking about, because part one is about what you need to know before you open your mouth. Give the folks at home a little advice. Yeah, I mean, you got to know the facts. You got to know your jury. You got to know your purpose. I am stunned by the number of people who want to persuade and want to communicate, but they don't know with particularity what their purpose is. So know both sides of the argument. If you want to be an effective advocate, you have to know what you believe, but also anticipate what the other arguments are going to be. Know the facts, know the jury, know your objective, and know the burden of proof. How heavy of a lift? Are you yeah. trying to get somebody to switch religions or loan you $5? <laughs> Look, um, what you're seeing in his eye is one of those things that girls that do YouTube makeup videos have one of those circular lights and his lips look like he has lip gloss on it. And he's on a green screen, of course. So he might be at home in an office or something like that. But that's what you're seeing. But you're seeing him. He has aged big time. I'm just saying big time. Because that's a different <laughs> level of persuasion. That's all. Got that right. All right. Thank you so much, Trey. Congratulations. Thank you all. So that was interesting, right? Trey Gowdy talking. Remember, it was Trey Gowdy that said, we need a special counsel. We need to get this done. We need to put this out. We need to look what's going on. And one might say, well, maybe what he did was he did it so we can expose Mueller. No, nah, man, because Mueller was busy paper shredding. It's a good thing people knew that he was paper shredding. It's a good thing people knew that they were using a Canadian company for paper shredding. It's a good thing people knew all of this I mean, geez. So it's all coming to the surface. I see people asking about the server. I already told you we have the DNC server. So, I mean, the president has all the emails. You know he does. That's why they're upset. And they're upset because he promised to ensure that Ukraine doesn't get, I, well, okay, here, here I have to say, speculate, because this is what they said, okay? The other side said. So, just so you know, 
I mean, if they have all these emails and all this damning stuff and he's like, dude, I'm, I'm like, this really messed up what the Obama administration did. And the Americans do not like this and they're going to know everything. And this is going to be an awakening where the people are going to be like, no, nah, America first. We're a good nation. Why are we handing out money? Why do we still have USAID? That's where they launder money to get favors done by other nations. Why this? Why that? Right. So uh, we have everything we need. So it's it's all good. I'll just say it simply like that. Um, so, yeah, let's leave it at that. I don't think we need to go further on that one. Uh, that, that we do have everything we need and there's nothing that we don't have. And um, the president's got this and things are going to be coming out. And he said, you know, everybody could get fired. Uh, you heard him say it. And that is uh, something that is pretty interesting. He's telling you exactly where he sits and where he stands. And um, I want you to listen to this clip in regards to the FISA warrants again. Just a little bit of clarity on this with... Um, with Maria Bartiromo. Mm, I want you, you remember Maria used to be in politics, right? Okay, because the, the president made sure to mention that to everyone too. So take a listen to this. From the Durham probe, former FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith expected to plead guilty at a hearing tomorrow at the DC District Court. He is accused by John Durham of falsifying emails so that the FBI could monitor former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. He has uh, he has admitted it. Meanwhile, in Chicago, a district court judge dismissed a lawsuit by Page against the DNC. Joining me right now is the man himself. He is former foreign policy advisor to Donald Trump and author of the upcoming book, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President. Carter Page is here. It's going to be a bestseller. Carter, congratulations on the book. Good to have you this morning. Great to be with you, Maria. Thanks so much. So we've talked about your story so many times, Carter, but I want to start off with the fact that you were surveilled for a year and you've never been charged with any crime. Maria, not only was I never charged with any crimes, everything I was asked about in about 40 hours of interrogation by both Congress and the Mueller witch hunt and, and uh, Comey and McCabe's FBI, they never asked me one question which was based in any sense or you know could have implied even a crime to the extent that you know uh, based on everything that I had actually done, you know it was all false conspiracy theories and made up lies that were paid for by the Democrats. Yep. And so now we know officially we've I've known this. You've known this. A lot of us have actually we sniffed this out right from the get go. Uh, but we know that you were surveilled. They tried to get a wiretap to surveil you and they failed initially. But then they got the dossier. So they used the dossier to spy on you. When did you first learn that you were being spied on, Carter? Because it started at the end of 2016. But because of three uh, renewals, 
Eagles. They were able to spy on you all the way until October of 2017 while Donald Trump was in office. We're looking at this timeline here as the uh, the FBI formally opened a counterintelligence probe, it said, in July of 2016. But we know there was a whole lot of entrapment going on earlier in the year in 2016. Walk us through it. Well, I tell you, I mean, this is real election interference when the Obama administration and uh, Obama's party, the Democrats and their funding machine, the DNC, paid for this complete scam and led to abusive process in the U.S. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court uh, starting on October 21st, 2016, and then continuing all through the transition, President Trump's transition and uh, was then, you know, the final one and related to the your point about hold Mr. on, Kleinsmith. hold on, hold on. Let's go back and listen to how he says this. Just pay attention. Let's start again in the U.S. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court uh, starting on October 21st, 2016. And OK, so um, I think I need to pull this up. Hold on, because I'm going to a little bit blow your minds. Mm, give me a second. Let me get Carter Page's FISA warrant thing up. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm just looking for this piece. Well, actually, let me share that screen with you so you could see what I'm looking for. Because we are in video, so you can see along with me. Okay, so I wrote this piece in 2018. I think it was, when was it? Uh, September 20th, 2018. I wrote this piece, okay? So let me take the comments off the screen. So this is on Big League Politics. Um, here's where I talked about the judge who FISA, we, the FISA warrant strongly criticized Lynch and Clapper because she's the one that did it all. She's coming down so hard. Okay. So the primary warrant here, I say below are the four most telling portions of the initial application for FISA warrant and the primary warrant itself. So in order to get a warrant, in order to listen to someone in a FISA court, first you have to have an application. You apply and you put all the stuff in it and then the judge reviews it, makes sure that it's valid, and then decides to grant you the warrant or not. So... Darn it, can I not zoom in on these? I can't. So here I have the dates, and these are all the people that got fired. They're gone, that signed on the first FISA warrant, right? Your Sally Yates signed over here. Here we have Collier's signature. This is a renewal signature. Um, well, no, it's not the renewal. She states the date of the renewal up there and on the 21st when she signed it. So here we are where I say the first renewal application of the Carter Page FISA warrant was longer than the primary one and was executed in January 2017. So what happened is, is they got this warrant on Carter Page, right? She signed off on it. And then they reapplied for it to extend it again in January of 2017. And what you see, first of all, even though they're redacted, not to say, you know, <laughs> be surprised what you're going to see in the redacted pages, but it had more pages. It was thicker. There was more. And I said, it's important to note and observe that Andrew McCabe signed the primary FISA application and all three subsequent renewals. 
Hmm? And all three substances. And this guy raised half a million dollars when he got fired. And he did this. Just pointing that out. So all the exes are people fired, 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 fired. And we see the um, judge was Mossman that signed it here. I said, caution, caution, because there were changes. And here where we see Andy McCabe promoted, he was promoted to that position of deputy director. And you see, again, it was up for renewal in April of 2017. And what do we see here? Became U.S. attorney for FBI and then resigned October of 2017. But here he is signing the FISA warrant renewal in April. So, again, we see the renewal in April and June happening. So here, where it's better and bigger, you can see that McCabe was promoted. There was caution here with Pompeo, caution with John Sullivan, Rex Tillerson. I had called he was getting fired before he even got back from the States when he was in Kenya. And here... I've explained how everyone signing the FICE applications has been fired or resigned with the exception of newly hired uh, Deputy Secretary John Sullivan, which he's gone, and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo because he was promoted to Secretary of State, General Mattis, Rod Rosenstein, Dan Coates. I just want you to take a look at all of these names perfectly. Because out of all of these names at that point, there's only one person still remaining, correct? So I'm pointing that out to you just so that you can see it. There's only one left, one left standing. You saw how many names we went through, right? One left standing, one left standing. So putting it together, one left standing from those names. You can see it there without saying too much on that yet, yet, okay? So I wanted to point this out because I had written this over two years ago. Uh, well, it is two years ago next month. And I've told everyone how you're going to see it. Now, what was beefed up in the second application? Stuff they got from England when they traveled there. So that should be coming up too. The thing is, here's here's the deal, guys. How do you arrest all these people and not embarrass your nation? Because we look like a hot mess right now, okay? We look like a really hot mess, especially with Shadowgate. We look like a hot mess. It's like everyone is walking around with their mouth open, waiting to be spoon sped. We're being attacked on all fronts. You know, it's always attack the messenger, never, you know, the content because it can't be debunked, right? On any, not just Shadowgate, we're talking everything, right? We've seen people like in the Matrix, for example, coming out. The stuff you saw coming out on them was like, what the, obviously they don't know the person. Like the stuff that I see coming out of Laura, that she was a dude and it's like, are you insane? Like, I know this person like a tet, like what? Oh my gosh. But you know, people that don't stand for anything fall for anything. And what have I been saying for so many years? Trust your gut. Don't even listen to me. Trust your gut. What does your gut tell you? How does it seem to you? That's the key here. How does it seem to you? Why are you listening to what everybody? Oh, everyone's saying it. So it's got to be true. Yeah. That's what happened with president Trump. Remember everyone's saying it's so it's got to be true. Turns out to be false. Everyone's saying it. So I mean, everyone was saying that Kavanaugh, you know, uh, had inappropriate touching, what, rape Dr. Ford, and she was a plant. Daniel Jones crafted the stupid email and gave it to his old 
kind of boss because he was actually her boss, Feinstein. They all sat on it. I mean, it was all rubbish, but the whole world was saying it. So it's got to be true. Coronavirus is real since everybody's saying it. So it's got to be true. But we're not paying attention to the actual murders that have happened to make coronavirus real in five states but because everyone's talking about it it's got to be true that's the thing that is the thing so <laughs> it's got to be true because everyone's saying it that's not the way it works because when you see everyone coming over and attacking our president that's how you know he's on the money. When you see someone coming at Nunez, did you see what they did to Nunez? What they were doing to Ratcliffe? What they were doing to all these people? This is how it always is. We're supposed to have gone, yeah, very rightly so. That's a lesson that people learn when they're kids. It's called gang stalking, gang whatever, grouping up. You know, poor Isaac Cappy. Same group, but man, I got some thick skin. <laughs> I'm just saying thick skin. Uh, so where, what do we see here? They're still throwing shade in our eyes. Now they, I just ran through how bigger the FISA application was, how it went. You see all the dates, the April, the June. This is where it got blocked. Mm. So IG report finds 17 significant and 17 again errors. Remember Horowitz, his right-hand man was Storch throughout all this crap before he became IG of the NSA just saying, okay? And then continuing all through the transition, President Trump's transition, and uh, was then, you know, the final one, and related to the your point about Mr. Kleinsmith, final one was uh, signed off on by Rod Rosenstein in late, uh, late June 2017, well into the Trump administration. Yeah, so, so let's just be clear about what Kevin Kleinsmith did. 38-year-old lawyer at the FBI, uh, sends a note to the CIA. Was Carter Page working with the CIA? Yes, Carter Page was working with the CIA. Gets the email, does a complete 360 before he hands that email over to his superior. Instead of the truthful answer, yes, Carter Page was working with the CIA. Kevin Kleinsmith changes it entirely. This is the little tool. Look at it. Uh, you know, it's faces like that, man. No, Carter Page was not an asset of the CIA. No, there was no reason for him to be meeting with the Russians uh, that he was. It's not that he was helping the CIA. What's really extraordinary here, uh, Carter, in my view, is really the media. Because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you find your name and your reputation all muddied up in the media as they leaked it to the media so that all of a sudden people started to think Carter Page was some asset of Russia. Tell us what happened. Well, Maria, uh, what you're saying is absolutely correct, but just one slight caveat. They were muddying me up, but I always uh, kept in mind that they were doing it to just 
interfere in President Trump's first campaign to disrupt his transition period and then really uh, create a terrible uh, abuse of power in the uh, in the first term throughout his first term in uh, as in office as as president. So, you know, it, it really was uh, I mean, th there was just that five page uh, information memorandum, the charging document against Mr. Kleinsmith. It really is just the tip of the iceberg in so many ways. And I get into a lot of this in my book, which is just about to be released. And so, you know, I, I think yeah. this is really an important turning point for justice in our country. Yeah, it's really important that you wrote the book uh, because people need to understand here you are, an innocent Another American book. citizen, deciding to go and work with the Trump campaign. That was your big mistake, you know, uh, as far as the FBI and the leadership there was concerned. They lie on an application on an email saying that you, the reason that you were talking with these Russians, having these meetings years ago was, and they knew it was because you were working with the CIA and they change a document so that they could get a window into the campaign through you surveilling you and you find out because you start hearing about this in the media and then you got death threats didn't you tell me how this impacted your life so people can understand this massive abuse of power well maria it totally overturned my life and unfortunately this has continued to this day you know, those death threats, they started uh, back in October 2016 and went for about a year, well into October of 2017, you know, right after my final FISA warrant expired in September 2017. So unfortunately, you know, there's again, this story is just beginning. And as I as I talk about in my book, I told I was actually my lawyers were in communications with Mr. Kleinsmith. And I actually sent Mr. Kleinsmith a letter in April 2017, you know, and to your point about media. There were some uh, media leaks and lies and misrepresentations on the Rachel Maddow show on MSDNC. And sure enough, you know, I, I get more threatening calls from Oklahoma that night. What's really bad about this, Maria, is it's not just um, Mr. Kleinsmith. It was also my, uh, I sent a series of letters to FBI Director Ray last year in February 2019 and May 2019. And I'm so glad you're getting to the bottom of this. And I was really great interview on uh, Sunday Morning Futures with Chairman Johnson, because I know he's looking into this as well in terms of the abuse and power in the, uh, in the FBI and the continuation of the cover-up by Director Ray and, uh, and also with uh, uh, Congressman Collins as well, who's who's really been pushing hard to get to the bottom of this and start having some accountability because there is a huge overlap between what happened uh, or what we saw from Mr. Kleinsmith and what we what we continue to see with Director Ray today. And again, again, Friday was just a first step on the road to justice because it was the first time that I started to see some semblance of justice from the uh, from the. DOJ and the FBI with the, you know, the fact that so, they were they were acting in conjunct uh, in accordance with the Crime Victims Rights Act, a law that was totally yeah. avoided and not respected throughout the last four years. You are an American citizen. and an Let me tell you something. So I was looking at your comments, guys. 
Carter Page, uh, yes, obviously work with the CIA. The CIA actually pays people directly as assets only when they want to entrap them if they're not part of the CIA. Keep in mind. So what you're seeing, his over-emotion is, is stuff you learn at the farm so you can't... Uh, so people can't see what you're really feeling. So you're um, overexpressive. Like for me, when I'm doing radio or when I'm talking, uh, you can hear me smile because you're not seeing me. And so, but he was trained to give confusing. This guy was, I don't want to, I want to say um, uh, an unwilling participant in this whole thing. And the book is interesting. See, books are more of a GoFundMe without a GoFundMe. Because even now with Millie, people are like, oh, she raised like so much money for like me, me, me. And it's like, guys, that's going into trust just for legal stuff that arise from everything. Like that's going to be her legal fund forever because, you know, she's an actual report. People need help like that. Like, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, really happy that she has it because she has to protect her children. That's the key here. And so, you know, he has to protect himself. They took away his ability to work. I mean, no one's going to hire him because they've maimed him. And so the book is great because it's a, I'll promote your book if you come on and talk, right? That's the deal that they usually make. And, um, uh, you know, that, that happens because they want audience, they want people, right, out there. So, you know, it's very important for people to understand that he indeed is over um, animated, but that is a trait he learned. So he is an unwilling, uh, unknowing, uh, unknowing, unwilling, but was in it participant. So again, the CIA, when they pay people to be assets or there's paper trail directly to them, it means that they're using it for future entrapment. That's the thing. Kind of like I said, Brennan burned me between 2005 and up until 2000 because he knew he was going to make me damn, you know, but I was young. I was like all for country and I knew that he was spanking me and I've done this so many times. I was like, well, maybe it's just because things are heating up. <laughs> so stupid and I, whatever, but they do that. They create ways to have ways to burn you. And this is how they were going to cast doubt into the Trump administration of who he is by saying that he was actively because then he must've known, but he said, that's like, not the way, look, FISA court should have not done anything like that. If he was actually employed with the CIA bottom line. And so this creates more mistrust with the administration. That's what I wanted to say. So is over animation is that he's actually really overwhelmed because just like many of us, you know, he's probably just really disappointed. I've been so disappointed to see, you know, where people sit, where you're just like, wait a minute, but, and you know, you expected it. So you just kind of sit there and you're like, whatever, I'm just really disappointed. But again, I stress, have faith in humanity. And that's what I need to believe, that humanity prevails, that human aspect of people. So his book is his GoFundMe, just so you understand. It's not his money laundering. Because all the other people, it was money laundering slash GoFundMe, right? Because they had GoFundMes too. So I'm just um, trying to clarify where he sits. He's unwilling. And he's telling you a lot from 
his words and his um, hyper animation. And I wanted to talk about the hyper animation because I'm going to be uploading this as, you know, a show and it's going to be on and the regular, I'm on Spotify, iHeart, you can find it. And all my shows are there too. I'm on Simplecast. I have everything up there. So, you know, need not worry. Um, and yes, I will be putting the page back up. I'm just waiting for all my stuff so that I can put it to, I guess, you know, a server that's even better. So, you know, he was unwilling, you know, nobody goes into the business of intelligence thinking that, you know, something that they're going to go do something nefarious. Okay. Uh, it's all about, um, uh, waking up. And I think he is. So yeah, always look into the Atlantic council, always look into the, uh, um, you know, uh, the Atlantic council and council of foreign relations. It tells you everything you know, need to know. These are like MS 13 gang things, right? They all like bind together and they all cover for each other. Uh, the only time they do is when they drop people. Um, so it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so what else? Um, no, I did not see that. If you can send me that video, PQR, Learn Truth, I'd appreciate it. Uh, you can send it to me on t Twitch. Uh, you can add me as a friend. I add everyone as a friend on Twitch, and you can send me um, uh, uh, the, the, the link. I'd love to see it. So money laundering, go funding. I mean, I should write a book at the end of the day, but again, it's, it's all about putting it out there. And like I said, I've, I've put my faith in God. I, you know, I don't think people understand just how important faith is and, um, how it's, you know, right on. So now I want us to kind of, uh, go to something that I want to end this two hour show with, which is, um, the Susan B. Anthony. So a lot of people asked, you know, what about Susan B. Anthony? Why did he do it? So first of all, that number 19 is crazy, right? She was actually um, found guilty on June 19th, 1873. And today is an anniversary or something and of the 19th Amendment. So I found this um, uh, video by the, um, say it, um, uh, gosh, the Smithsonian that is um, pretty interesting where it explains what crime did Susan B. Anthony actually do? And I thought we could listen to it uh, because I think that will shed light a little bit and um, we can discuss that more in depth maybe this uh, evening when the president has his presser. So uh, here we go. Take a listen. Wait, let's get this ready. Okay, here we go. And Seeking your fortune doesn't have to have anything to do with money. For Susan B. Anthony, the ultimate goal was rights for women. Gents, this is a very simple game. I'm gonna give you the question, see if you can come up with the answer, and if you can, you win a prize. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right, here is your question. What crime did Susan B. Anthony commit? Um. This is a tough one. I, I would have to say, because she was an uh, advocate for women's suffrage, that she was arrested for voting, maybe? Because it was arrested illegal? Arrested for voting. What do you think? I'll go voting. Voting? Sure. That's correct. How'd you know that? <laughs> Are you a historian? No. No? 
So that means you guys get a prize. Okay. You want to know what it is? Yeah. Come with me this way. Okay. All right. Brian's actually an attorney, and Holly is a fashion journalist. What curator Lisa Kathleen Grady has to show them is right up their alley. I wanted to show you what is considered to be one of the Smithsonian's national treasures. This is Susan B. Anthony's shawl. It's a rich color, and it's, it's a nice, heavy silk. So it's that, that understated elegance mm -hmm. that I think is typical of Anthony. When we think of Susan B. Anthony, most of us think of a dollar coin. But the crusader for women's rights also knew how to make a fashion statement. And this shawl was her trademark. Today, it's impossible to imagine a time when women couldn't vote. But when Susan B. Anthony took up the cause, it was against the law. Anthony was born in 1820 into a community of abolitionist Quakers. Fighting for civil rights was in her blood. But she knew to make a real impact, women needed to have a real voice. They needed the vote. People sort of forget that it hasn't been that long. It's not 100 years yet that women have had the right to vote. And it was a hard-fought battle. In 1851, Anthony teamed up with Elizabeth Cady Stanton, a brilliant communicator. Stanton was the pen behind the cause, while Anthony stood before crowds across the country giving up to 100 speeches a year. As Holly and Brian guessed, Susan B. Anthony was arrested for voting in the 1872 presidential election. It was national news. She used the publicity to push for suffrage. Anthony met with plenty of opposition. She was burned in effigy. She had an image of her dragged through the streets. Mm -hmm. um, she knew how to motivate people positively and negatively. Antagonize as well, sure. Yes, and um, very determined lady. You have to be. It's almost like a cape. Like she's a masked kind of a superhero. For, yeah. <laughs> it, oh, I like that. It's a superhero cape. I think it, it is in a way. If the shawl was her cape, then was this her weapon? This is a piece that I love. It's a an ivory and rosewood gavel, and I love the the inscription on it. Order is heaven's first law. It apparently was actually used, you can see by the cracks. It looks to me, yes. That it um, gaveled a few meetings to order and... Uh... Probably some contentious discussion. Suffragists were the first to picket the White House, staging protests against President Wilson in 1917. It was just such this, this novel thing. These women standing in front of the White House mm -hmm. and the president actually was mildly amused by it. He offered them coffee. The hospitality didn't last for long. They were eventually arrested for obstructing traffic. Women didn't win the right to vote until 1920, 14 years after Anthony's death. But she left her cause with confidence, saying failure is impossible. As a woman who was kind of born with all of these rights, um, they almost seem just kind of handed to me, and it's, it's really awakening and very touching to see the the milestones that have led to that. But there were people before us who didn't, didn't have them and who, and who fought. And as we see on the news every day, I mean, these gender issues, gender rights are, are still at the forefront today. They still continue. But then, you know, you remember Susan and failure is impossible. 
So this was important that the president actually posthumously pardoned her for the crime of voting when she wasn't allowed to because she was a woman, because it 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 reinforces the idea of how important a vote is, and also it's um, it tells you about order. How many times have you heard me say on air that the key here, right? The key here is that from chaos we get order and to get order we need chaos they are all one in the same and sometimes there is ordered chaos so this is something that is important not only uh to reinforce how the 19th amendment was put to get damn, that number 19 right symbolism will be their downfall man i'm just saying but it also tells you just how important uh, the vote that you have is. Um, it was what she did for me, right, in history, is that she hijacked whatever narrative they wanted. And remember, they didn't have social media then. They didn't have, like, televisions. They had people running around, you know, in squares talking and maybe letters and maybe papers, right? But she hijacked everyone to understand where women should stand and that they were all so equal. And that was really important. And to think that all these years not one person decided to pardon her for the crime that she had committed is insane. And the president just did that. That is a very big deal because even though the Democratic Party and the Republican thump, 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 you know, no one really did anything. No one. We're going to put, you know, the embassy in Jerusalem. We're going to, going to, we're going to, going to, we're going to, going to. Who's been giving you results? The president. Who has said, I'm going to do this and does this? He is one that makes promises and keeps promises. Yes? This is a promise that should have been kept by almost every single person in office, especially the Democrat Party that supposedly pushes feminism and all this. They should have done it. Instead, he did and totally psyoped them. They were all talking, Snowden, yeah, we need Snowden. You heard what the president said. That's what's up. Oh, Assange, didn't it? Oh, man. The only way Assange is safe is if we can extradite him to the United States. Like I said, his darn indictment has no legs to stand on. It's simply posturing. You can indict a ham sandwich. I mean, we saw that with Millie. With anything. Apparently, I could say whatever I want and get whatever I want, an indictment or whatever. So him doing this today on, on the anniversary is excellent. I'm just saying it's excellent because he reinforces how important women are. He reinforces how important your vote is. And he shows you that he does what he says he's going to do. So, um, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. I love it. Uh, what he did today. Uh, they were totally waiting for things. There was so much speculation. A lot of people were like, oh, maybe he pulled, you know, Roger Stone pulled his appeal because of it. I still don't know what the game plan is on that unless there was pressure. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But I trust Roger Stone. I've said that before. 
I like him. I'm his fan. He's done way. He's done so much since Nixon. Um, so regardless of what they throw, I'm good, you know, for him, uh, because he's got a proven track record. And when he was in the hottest of box, you have never been in a hot box until you've been in a hot box and hot boxes are no fun. So on that note, I want to wish everyone a fabulous evening. God bless. And um, if I can, I will cast again uh, the presser uh, that the president may be doing. So um, keep strong and just trust your gut. You know, you don't need anyone to tell you what you need to think or how, right? No one's going to tell you how to think because that's exactly what the media is doing. What? They're going to hijack you. This is how you have to think. What you have to do is think for yourself. And that's the key message uh, that even President Trump has said. He's taking slings and arrows and he's not the only one. Did you hear him how many times? Oh, what they've done to Carter Page and General Flynn and so many others is just horrible. So many people. You haven't heard of that. So many people. Not so many people have spoken. <laughs> Can you hear me? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you?